Welcome to Tackless Radio. I drove inside the parking lot of my local Sally's Prefer the one off Crenshaw, but today I'm in the valley Who'd have thought a simple run for some edge control Would lead to me almost stomping out a hole I was looking at my day date as I'm standing on the line With my ex-baby mother tried to sneak me from behind She ain't even see my bitches right now Three and like a college grad that came What to get their first degree Now she wanna talk, but I ain't never been one to waver I have four toy dome and call it mindless behavior More of the story, stop trying to be a savior And keep your hands where I can see your woman have to violate her With the fist in my pocket Just in case a nigga talking crazy gotta stalk him I don't have no ammo, but my gun, I got the rocket Zoom, zoom, zoom on my target, no them niggas sorry Fist in my pocket, just in case a nigga talking crazy Gotta suck em. I don't have no ammo but my gun, I got the rocket Zoom, zoom, zoom On my target, no them niggas sorry Fist in my pocket, just in case a nigga talking crazy Gotta suck em. I don't have no ammo but my gun, I got the rocket <laughs> Hello, hello, hello Welcome back Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, it is Be Bad, and this is another episode of Tackless Radio. Welcome. Any newbies, welcome. It is your first time. Strap in for the ride, bitch, because it's going to be one. So I just want to put y'all on game. Uh, La 47 is super, super underground, but a phenomenal woman MC. So that song Zoom by LaKelle 47. If you see a black woman with like a mask on, you found the right one. She's so fucking dope and so just like underrated. Still is trying to, I hope, climb out of the underground scene. I actually had an opportunity to see her um, last. Uh, COVID has fucked up my time understanding or understanding of time but 2019 October I went to Atlanta for Afropunk best shit ever cannot wait for festivals to come back or at least black oriented ones so that I can get my whole life uh, because my life partner for my birthday bought my Afropunk ticket and I got to see Earth Gang, Sir, Masego, Brittany Howard, FKA Twigs, Anderson Pac, like a whole gallant, a whole fucking bunch of people who were just phenomenal. Smino, it was a great fucking time. One of those artists, though, uh, was LaKayla 47. And I know FAK, she had the pole, and I know Anderson Pac had the band, and I know Masego played his fucking ass off on the saxophone live by the way but her set was just so 
turned the fuck up that I was just like, God damn, she had drag queens. She had basically the whole legendary ballroom scene on her stage. Motherfuckers with fairy wings and big wigs and the crowd and the vibe and the energy was just right. Like when she started playing money, (laughs) even I was like, I love you, girl, but I'm gonna go to the front. Bye. Like I just had to get my life. So if you all are interested in adding another female MC to your uh, list of amazing female MCs, please add LaKayla47, you know, here at Tackless Radio, Be Bad is always going to educate you on rap and hip hop and definitely making sure to change that very misogynistic mindset that you have about the rap and hip hop culture and show you that the ladies can do it too. Majority of them do it even better. So with that, let's go ahead and get into Shit I Saw. So we're going to go ahead and take it over to my favorite place in the world, which is Twitter. Why? Because Twitter allows you to be your absolute worst. And I just love seeing people (laughs) at their absolute worst. However, this particular tweet that I came across was very inspirational, hit the nail on the head, and I wanted to share it with you all. Her handle just is B, the letter B. Her um, at is bdubs9595. So she tweeted about a day ago, I had a guy tell me for two years, I like you, I just don't want a girlfriend right now. Then I met a man who said, I'm not big on relationships, but then you came along and I knew exactly what I wanted. You deserve someone who is sure of you. As you can imagine, all the crusty dusties in the comment section were just like, that's your fault for waiting for two years. That nigga was up front with you. Don't be mad at him. Blah, blah, blah. But I don't want to talk about the crusty dusties because I talk about y'all often. You all are entertaining to talk about. But what I rather touch on is the tweet itself. <laughs> and the fact that, sis, you are absolutely right. And this is honestly not for like just the ladies to listen to or just the men to listen. I think we all should take that particular tweet and move forward with a better understanding of knowing our worth. Because so many times, and it's just not even in relationships, it's in friendships, it's in business uh, relationships, it's in partnerships. We do a... We, we as humans really do want to see the good in others and we will exercise patience because we genuinely think that another person is great or would be good for us or the situation would be good for us. So we allow for fuck shit to happen because image of what we want at the finish line is there in our minds and we get so wrapped up in the image of what this situation could be of what this partnership could be of what this relationship could be that we are no longer in reality and then we're just fucking delusional (laughs) we're just fucking delusional at that point because shorty should have known maybe the sixth month in like 
all right, this nigga is not the one. We are having a great time. We spend a lot of time with each other. We travel, we go on bay trips and dates and he fucks me from Sunday to Sunday, girl. It is amazing. He just won't commit. Then sis, you gotta leave. If what you want is a committed relationship and you play a house with a nigga that don't want one, then go build a house with somebody else who actually wants to be in that bitch. <laughs> like this motherfucker over here is an easy bake oven. You, you need to be looking for the LG appliances, like move the fuck on. And it wasn't until I was single that I had to realize Fuck the fact that everyone has this concept of like, oh, you can't be a hot girl or fuck the fact that people think you can't date because you're single or you can't date multiple people at one time. Do that shit. First of all, ladies, I don't know if y'all knew this, but niggas date multiple people. Niggas have multiple relationships. <laughs> Some niggas have multiple wives. <laughs> so for you to think, that you need to just give your all to one person and then when it doesn't work out, then you starting all the way over and give your all to the next motherfucker and it don't work out and you starting all over. Stop doing that. You supposed to have a starting five for a reason. <laughs> because a lot of people, not just niggas, a lot of people want different things than you. And that's okay that people want different things than what you want. But then you have to allow for that situation to then die off or dissolve or fizzle out or you just got to let that go because it ultimately won't serve you in the long run. So why put yourself in the predicament where you are giving your all to a temporary situation, to a temporary motherfucker? A lot of dudes, I'm speaking to the dudes now, like if you are whining and dining this girl and she is just not the fuck interested or she's like, oh, you're an amazing friend, but I don't see you like that, then step all the way back and be Shorty's friend. It is totally fine for individuals to practice boundaries when you realize that a situation is not going to serve you anymore. If you really like that girl and you are willing to get on bended knee with jagged edge playing in the background and she just gave you a glimpse of hope and then she turned around and said nah I don't see you that way then then sir get up off your knees and find a woman who will be deserving of everything that you have to give ladies get off your knees <laughs> and go find a motherfucker who is deserving of everything that you have to offer. We got to stop letting the fact that people say the roundabout, you know, sentence of I like you, but baby, the moment you hit me with that, but I'm getting the fuck out. We have nothing else to talk about because I understand what I offer. I understand how amazing I am. I understand what I give to any relationship, whether it be platonic, romantic, or professional. I'm the shit. And anybody who knows me knows I'm the shit. And if they tell you different, they lying. Because my confidence is on 10. You can't tell me otherwise. So if you can't see what I see in me, then baby, I, I just have to move on to the next. I, we can date. I'm very upfront too. I'm not gonna be like, 
so are you like, do you like me or do you like me like me? No, bitch. What are we doing? Okay. I done flown out here. You done flew me out. I've done seen your ass. I put miles on my car. We done traded off. Get what the fuck we doing? Hmm. Oh, you don't know. This is, this is you just having fun. Well, I can go have fun with my boyfriend. I can go. Ha- I can, I can have fun with my husband. I don't need to have fun with your ass the way that I'm having fun with you. Having fun with you is fun. But I don't need to invest the money, the time, the gas, the energy, if all we're doing is having fun. Because I'm, I'm trying to get married. I'm looking for my person. I'm trying to be in a relationship. And you are blocking the actual motherfucker that's supposed to be here. <laughs> if, you, if you are not willing to be open and honest with me, to even tell me that you're not really looking for something serious right now, then I just also have to take your actions as an answer. Because get this, people, get this, people. In the tweet, at least he was upfront to tell her that he wasn't looking for a girlfriend right now, which in nigga terms meant, really meant, I just want to fuck, but I'm not really trying to date you. Because if a particular woman came along, he may feel differently about that woman. But at least he was very upfront about how he felt about you. There are a lot of people who, who won't even do that. Who will drag you along for the ride, hoping, damn near expecting that you will never say, can we pull over to the rest stop and talk about what this is? Where are we going? How far is it? I got questions always, ladies and gentlemen, always have questions about where the fuck you going. Cause that's how you get kidnapped. <laughs> that's how you get kidnapped. So if you dragging me on this ride, literally around the third month, I'm gonna start asking questions. And if you don't have good answers, I'm calling an Uber or Lyft or my auntie to come pick me up and I'm going the other direction. I'm going, I'm going to go to my destination. I have a destination to get to. Either you're going to go to that destination with me or I'm gonna drop your ass off. Totally fine though, totally fine. I will make sure I drop your ass off at the bus stop in a well-lit area, but you can't, you can't come with me. You can't come with me. If we not aligned, if we're not looking for the same things, if you want something different than me, that is totally understandable. But what you do not get to do is drag me along for the ride because, bitch, I want to go somewhere else. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between. It's okay to understand that you really, really like a person, but they are not going to give you what you're really looking for. And I want to encourage you to dissolve the situation as soon as possible. Grieve what you need to grieve. Take the L proudly, learn from it, and walk away. Because I promise you when you do what you are actually looking for, what you actually manifested, what you actually prayed for is on the other side. Stop letting these hood boogers cloud your judgment and be in your way from getting to the person you actually supposed to be with. That's why you always supposed to have a rotation, have five on the line. You know, they come and go. They come and go. Totally fine. But I would encourage all of you all to, first of all, know what the fuck you want. 
And then second, be grown enough to communicate that instead of manipulating people, dragging them along for the ride. Oh, I like you, but mm -mm. be honest. You grown. Be honest. Okay. We all grown. Do not allow somebody's reaction or what you think their reaction is going to be to deter you from being honest. Be grown and be honest. If you don't like that motherfucker, tell them that. Stop using him, sis. That's how you mess out on your husband. If you really not feeling shorty like that, she wants to be in a relationship and you don't, pull back. Pull back. Don't be texting her at 11 p.m. asking if she up and where she at. No, no, no. You don't get those privileges anymore because that's how you get into a relationship. That's how you mess with people's feelings. And then you wondering why this person's going off on you because you wasn't honest because you had different intentions. You had ill intentions and that shit comes back around. I want my karma to be so low by the time I get out of here that I'm trying to just do right by people. I'm having a pretty amazing time at life right now I would like to keep it so I would like to do right by people that's really how you live you live a good life by doing right by people <laughs> those energies or transactions you want to have more positive ones than negative ones and dragging people along for the ride with no intentions of actually being with them that's how you really build up bad karma negative energy transactions stop doing that okay okay Thank you. Hey, y'all. You know, shout out to Gorilla Glue Girl. But welcome back <clears throat> to Random Realities. And I'm not going to lie. I'm actually a little excited about Random Realities because it is super random and it is a part of your reality. So I'm just going to like geek out a little bit, nerd out a little bit. Um, it's actually interesting because it blew my mind when I was journaling this morning and normally when I'm journaling in my uh, woo-woo journal and my spiritual journal and my journal that I am going to pass down to the children in my family so that they can say like grandma was definitely on to something like I'm putting these like little tidbits of wisdom down in a journal and Every other morning or when I can, I wake up and I journal as I learn about different types of <sighs> woo-woo things, I guess is what I'll call them. I'll call them woo-woo things. And this is what I mean by woo-woo things. And if you all heard my healing heifers episode, then you know that my woo-woo things are like crystals and understanding zodiac signs and understanding chakras um, and being very particular of people's energies and listening to your intuition. I'm very much so learning more about that because I want to spiritually grow. And as I learn these things, I like taking notes and journaling and writing down my realizations. Um, so this morning I woke up and I was like, I've been feeling off. Like I was hospitalized last week. I'm still not feeling a hundred percent. I'm super duper stressed because of a lot of things. And I just said to myself, I want to try and get better. I know that I have to be 
the my biggest champion if I want to feel better. Like happiness is my responsibility. So if I don't feel happy, then I need to figure out what I need to do to get there. And I woke up this morning and wanted to figure out which one of my fucking chakras is out of line because a bitch is off. Granted, it might just be some residue from Mercury retrograde. And I know that that is probably why a bitch landed in the hospital any fucking way. So I was like, you know what? It's Friday, let's try and end the week with a bang. Let's try and get ourselves together. Let's get right. And I've learned that either you you know your throat chakra is out of line when you either are overly opinionated and over it's overactive, like you're speaking to you're speaking to everyone about everything. You have an opinion about everything and no one asked you for your fucking opinion. Um, You are gossipy and chatty and you're cursing people out and you're just saying things to say it. That's an overactive throat chakra and that's super out of line. But if you are quiet and you're not speaking your mind and you're not saying your truth and you're not speaking up and you don't feel like you can be authentically yourself. That too is a sign of a throat chakra that's unbalanced and out of line. And I'm the latter. Like I've not been saying things. And I am a true believer that resentment is just disappointment that was not communicated. And I'm feeling different ways. So I was like, you know what, let's just wake up bitch and figure out what we need to do to get us right. I am my sister's keeper, you know, I am responsible for me. So I put on a couple YouTube channels that discuss uh, your seven chakras because I'm learning each one and I wanted to figure out like, okay, if one is unbalanced, then what are some of the characteristics of that to kind of catch to see what, like which one of the seven were out of line. Like I knew my throat chakra was out of line, but I had a feeling that maybe my solar plexus chakra was out of line because I was hospitalized due to stomach issues. And I have not really been following my spirit guides or just following the intuition that's inside of me. I've been like letting shit slide or letting things go or just kind of like internalizing a lot of things, which is essentially, you know, how you uh, get stressed the fuck out. And it sits in your stomach. And I just so happen to have Crohn's disease. So we're just all fucked up. I just pretty much told myself, Lord, look, I'm in the fucking hospital due to an ulcer. And I have Crohn's disease. It's got to be something in the solar plexus because like my stomach has been hurting. But that's also where you harbor a lot of stress. So I was like, you know what? It's got to be something in that. Let me put on a couple YouTube channels, learn a little bit more about like what I could do to unblock my solar plexus chakra and my throat chakra so a bitch could get right. As I'm watching this particular video, the video that I came across was from a guy by the name of Clark Kegley, a cute little broy frat white guy. Very informative and also 
not only is woo woo, but tells you the science behind it. So people who are like, oh, that's just some yappity yappy bullshit. Like that's some some teen magazine bullshit, which is Zodiac sign. Like it it's scientifically backed in many ways. It's very interesting. You should you should check it out. Um, but he's just explaining all of the seven chakras and he's also explaining what they all mean. Um, But he makes a comparison that I thought was so interesting. So he makes a comparison to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And my day job is that I am in the learning and development field. I am basically a teacher for many, but for corporations, you know, businesses, not necessarily schools and children, you know, adults need help too. I help them (laughs) and help corporations push whatever metrics and objectives that they have so that they can essentially reach the goals that they have set for themselves. Long story short. So one of the things that I am familiar with are adult learning methods when you are creating a curriculum. And for my L&D people, this is probably going to sound very familiar. You're either going to consider if you want to use a SAM process or an ADDI process. You want to consider multiple intelligence uh, gardener if you are a person that believes that you have people who learn in different types of ways. So you want a curriculum that is going to have people who have different ways of learning spark their interest, essentially, you know, you want to make a curriculum that everyone can learn from not just one where it's like, Oh, if you are a test taker, it's gonna be a whole bunch of tests in this bitch. And someone who's like, I'm not really good at taking tests, I would love a paper or two, you want to do something, you know, so everyone has a fighting chance for the A, you know, all of those things. Another thing that we consider um, when creating training programs or curriculums is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And this is why. Um, Because Abraham Maslow in 1943 wrote a paper called A Theory of Human Motivation. And uh, long story short, what I do every day is just motivate a motherfucker to want to learn how to do their job or to be better at their job. I am motivating people and supplying them with the tools to be a better worker for said company. That's The hamster in the wheel, basically. So me and other learning specialists have an understanding of Maslow's hierarchy of needs because we want to understand how to motivate a motherfucker to do what we need them to do. (laughs) And what we understand with Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that for someone to want to do something, you have to fulfill needs of theirs. It's a give and take. So for instance, think of a pyramid, think of the old school food pyramid, because apparently, and I've been out of school for so fucking long, I didn't even know this. It's not a pyramid anymore. It's like a plateau of some sort. It's not a pointy top with the sugars. It's something else. It's not a pyramid, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a millennial and you thought that it was still a food pyramid, it's not. It looked like something else, like an octagon or some shit. But anywho, think of a pyramid. And in that pyramid, you have a pointy top and you have a very flat and wide base. At the bottom, you have your physical needs. The things that you as a human being need to even care about some shit else. And this is what I mean by that. 
if you're a homeless employee, you can give a fuck less about what I'm trying to teach you because you don't know where you land your head at night. You don't know where your next meal is coming from. You live under a underpass. Your safety is compromised every fucking day. Unless those needs are met, we can't even get you to do anything outside of coming this bitch, clock in, and then clock the fuck out. Your next level there, because there's five total, is your safety needs, your safety and security. And that's kind of where job does start to come in. Because you understand that a job does provide security. You're able to get health care, dental vision, um, a pension, a 401k. We understand that those particular needs are being met. And that's why you do have disgruntled workers. Because even though I hate being here, it at least got me through the door because you provide some of my safety and security needs. So, As an employer, I know that I can give you that. So at least we got your ass through the door. The next one is your community, your relationships, your friendships, your belonging needs. You need to feel like you're a part of something. And that's where companies are trying to thrive with their ERG groups and starting book clubs and community centers and all those extra little perks, you know, that they try to get together because they understand that if we can even hit your belonging needs, that we can make you feel like you belong here, you feel that you have friendships here, you feel a relationship here, then we can climb higher up the hierarchy to get you to do what we really need you to do. So that's why a lot of people in the L&D space understand that we want to have an inviting learning culture because we're able to provide them at least with the experience of being a part of something. The next one is your esteem needs. That's where your prestige and your accomplishments come in. That's pretty much your promotion and your bonuses, bitch. Okay. It's A year, I've been at this bitch for a year. Are we talking about promotions, title changes? What are we doing? Because that particular need isn't met. And mind you, remember, it's a pyramid. So we're going up this bitch. So it's getting skinnier. It's getting narrow, more narrow. That just means that a corporation kind of starts to give a fuck less (laughs) if this particular need is being met by all individuals in a corporation. Before we hit the tippy top, We're right in the middle, but up. It's real narrow. So a lot of corporations not, you know, a lot of corporations stop giving a fuck about this particular need. But we on a, in the L&D space know if we can at least hit that need or motivate you to learn something or to provide you with a tool or with a skill set that could get you to that one. Because essentially, if I tell you that if you learn SQL to get a promotion and I teach you SQL, I can motivate your ass and that esteem need will be met. But at the very top, at the very top is your self-actualization. I have now reached all of my goals. I have reached all of the goals that I have set for myself. I am exactly where I want to be. I am receiving the praise that I deserve. My opinions matter. I am heard. I feel a part of something. I feel 
honored to be here. Other people appreciate my presence. I feel whole. I feel really, really good. And there's a reason that that is the smallest piece of this pyramid, because a lot of people can never say that about somewhere that they work, where they weren't the founder or co-founder or the beginner or the idea or the spark or the first investor or the angel investor of some shit <laughs> or the first motherfucker to buy a stock. Like, Not a lot of people are able to say that about any type of corporation, like things be cool. Like, you know, you be, you be chilling, but like, ain't nobody going to be like, I feel whole here. Cause a lot of us are like, nigga, it's a job. Like the fuck, like, unless it's yours, I, we're, we don't feel that way about something, but we try to motivate you to get there though, through numerous ways. So that's basically my L&D breakdown of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how it is implemented in curricula or in, in curriculums that we create on the behalf of corporations to motivate employees to learn something or to be a better employee, which means that we have better productivity so we can have better products or better service. So when he made that connection of Maslow's hierarchy of needs to the seven chakras, I was like, hmm, tell me more, tell me more, I'm interested. And this is kind of how I was like, we might be on to something. But how that aligns to your seven chakras, thinking of your root chakra, which is at the base of your spine, the color red, that is your survival and basic needs. That is similar to the base of Maslow hierarchy of needs pyramid. That's your root chakra that is at the base of your spine also is what drives you to not want to be homeless or it is what keeps you up at night. It's your fight or flight. It's your adrenaline to just get you out of a situation. If you were like, I don't know, being chased by a tiger, that's what drives you through a situation. Which I was like, okay, I definitely see the similarity there. And then you have your sacral chakra, which is at your navel. That's your lower belly. That's your sexuality. That's your passion, your libido. If that's what sexually fulfills you, that's in your, around your belly button. And I was like, okay. I mean, there were five levels of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and there's seven chakras. So I was like, Okay, some of them not going to count. And I was like, okay, maybe that one don't. <laughs> but then you have your solar plexus, which is your stomach. It's your wisdom. It's your intuition. It's your purpose, your self-worth, being fulfilled in what you do, which is very similar to your safety needs and your belonging needs of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I was like, oh, okay, I feel that. I feel that. Speak to me, spirit. Speak to me. And then you have your heart chakra, which just regulates all of your emotions, your love for yourself, your love for others. And if you're having a lot of relationship issues, if you're not able to connect with other people, then your heart chakra might be a little, a little out of whack. And I was like, okay, I can see the similarity there to your esteem needs and Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I was like, okay, okay. And then, of course, you have your throat chakra. Mine's blocked like a motherfucker right now. Well, not right now. I'm trying to, I'm actually 
on the mic, (laughs) hoping that this is a self-therapeutic session that will help me unblock my throat chakra. Uh, That is the way that you communicate. Are you able to communicate effectively, clearly, with love, with compassion? Or are you just yelling all the goddamn time? You cussing niggas out left and right. You starting arguments, petty arguments for fucking nothing. Throat chakra blocked. (laughs) And then your next chakra is your third eye, which essentially is your inner wisdom, your connection to higher self. And if it's blocked, then you don't feel a connection. You're, You're doubting yourself. You feel lonely, like, woe is me, like I'm on an island. So that's your third eye chakra. And then your crown chakra, which is right above your head, is your spirituality, your connectedness to the world. Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel whole? Do you feel a sense of belonging like I have purpose? And if you don't and you're feeling lonely or you feel like you do not have a connection to any type of community or you don't have a connection to self or you don't have a connection to the world, then you might want to work on unblocking your crown chakra. But that was also very interesting because that is similar to the self-actualization, tippy-tippy top, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And then that's when I was like, oh, so me as a L&D specialist creating curriculums for children, for teenagers, for students, for corporations. I was being a woo-woo bitch this entire time. So interesting. I was basically using Maslow's hierarchy of needs to create these curriculums, which ain't nothing but like a westernized version of the fucking seven chakras. (sighs) Basically, if you are an LND professional, you're a spiritual bitch. (laughs) You're a spiritual bitch. And I see you, sis. I see you. I see you. I just love that because I'm such a nerd anyway. But to like be able to implement my woo-woo-ness into the fact that I do this for a living. (laughs) Oh, y'all not going to be able to tell me shit else. I'm going to get all seven crystals to the seven chakras. And I'm going to set up like a seven day learning program or some shit. I don't know. I'm just, it's just the teacher and me talking, but that is this week's random, random, so random reality. I hope you all enjoyed learning a little something. (laughs) I know it was so random y'all. And it is now time for the tactless topic of the week. That was kind of weird. Week sounded like he he. Shout out to Michael Jackson. May he rest in peace. But I just want to talk to you all about pity perks and guilt guap. You're probably thinking, okay, definitely alliteration, but why? What does it even mean? So a couple girlfriends of mine are in the HR space. And of course, as you all just heard, I also have a couple friends of mine in the L&D space. And of course, many companies had hiring freezes 
And now that I guess we are quote unquote at the tail end of our pandemic, those said companies are removing hiring freezes and they are opening up. And as we all can see in the news, people are hiring like crazy, or at least they're trying to replenish the workforce that they let go and furloughed and whatnot last year. So I've actually been helping a couple of my girlfriends out and just like editing a couple job descriptions. So I've been able to see what's out there, what's on the market. And a lot of these applications look a little different than, you know, the last time I was looking for a job. (laughs) And when I say look different, I mean, they really are trying to find those diverse candidates because I guess Negro is the new black. <laughs> I I saw one application that actually asked for your sexual orientation and listed damn near all of them from asexual to bisexual to transsexual, transsexual woman, transsexual, like they... It, it They wanted to know everything about you because I guess they've had one hell of a time. And I guess all of the DEI consultants and companies and initiatives have literally drugged these corporations to hell <laughs> last year that I guess they are trying to atone this year by trying to hire the women and the gays and the Negroes and whatnot. <laughs> And I guess it got me to thinking that I, at one point, unfortunately, was a part of that generation where they told us that a certain name that you had meant that you were going to be unprofessional just because your name was Shaniqua or Devante. You know, it was those cultural names that come from our heritage and our traditional to us that we have to, we, we feel like we have to wipe away just so that we can get our foot through the door because so many of these corporations are white supremacy corporations and cultures. Um, everything is very Eurocentric. We all know what the game is, is basically what I am saying. So there was a time where, People would assume that my mom was a redheaded Irish girl when she would walk into a room or into an interview or show up because of her name. And I think as a survival tactic or just as a tactic to give the next generation a fighting chance, I guess, a lot of Gen X or just our parents in general wanted to give us white sounding names because it would give us more opportunities where they felt like that would have given us opportunities or more opportunities that are normally not afforded to people who are not wasp in this fucking country. It dawned on me that at one point we used to try and hide the fact that we were black or hide where we came from or hide that we were immigrant or hide our accent or hide where we like were born 
because we are just trying to get a job so we can have a fighting chance at this thing called the American dream. But now I think things may be a little different because they want you. And it feels a little bit like they're doing it because they don't want to get in trouble and not because they actually give a fuck and they care. But baby, I guess I will take it for now. So that's where the pity perks come in. Because these companies, <laughs> oh, half of them are like, oh my God, I just had a white person awakening. I take pity on people of color. How dare they've been treating you all like this forever? How, bitch, you've been standing right next to them when they were doing it. What, you just woke up. Welcome to the team, sis. Cookies are out back. Like the fuck? And they are taking pity. Because in their mind, it's it, it's the white savior thing. They want to help. They just don't know how. Or And then some of them are scared to help because they don't want to offend and get canceled. It's it's very pitiful. They're kind of like, oh. Mm, and they give you perks because they feel bad. Because they feel like if they can atone for their sins by giving, you know, the women or the gays or the people of color or the black people or the disabled people or the fat people a perk or two, you know, it'll make things right and I just want to tell you all this it won't make things right but I'm still gonna take that perk (laughs) I'm still gonna take that perk and then we have guilt guap guilt guap is essentially what I am starting to see in some of these job descriptions and some of these um open positions that are out there at the moment they are getting red for filth because diversity numbers are coming out. And they're like, bitch, what do you mean you only have 2% African-Americans in your leadership? What do you mean you only have 2%? Don't you have an entire department dedicated to urban marketing? There's like 60 black people down there. You at least can't have that percentage represented amongst your leadership team as well. Uh-uh. I smell a racist. Mm-mm. Cancel them. Y'all are scared. Y'all are scared to be that company because it was a lot of y'all. It has been y'all. I mean, it is you. <laughs> and y'all don't want, y'all don't want them, y'all don't want them problems no more. So y'all are feeling the guilt of being a white supremacist company for a long, long time that you are now trying to give up that guap. Y'all are willing to pay top dollar to get some black people in the door to fix your fucking problems. Because you know that you weren't doing right. So now you were trying to speed up the atonement by being like, all right, hire this black person, hire that gay person, hire that Latino person, green cards for all. Like y'all are literally just trying to rush the atonement. And baby, it's going to take time for us to say we forgive you but in the meantime I'm gonna take me a little pity perk and I'm gonna take me that extra guilt guap because I still have not gotten my 40 acres in the mule so whatever you think you want to give me because you feel bad bitch I'll take it but I still don't forgive you and baby I ain't never gonna forget Now that we've gotten that out of the way, what you want to eat? 